Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with Jessica. Hey, everybody. We are finalizing our kind of narrative writing kick on the podcast with today's episode. Um, We're going to talk about how pumpkins can help you become a rock star writing teacher, which sounds very strange, but is also going to make sense. And I love the title and how Jessica tied this all in together when she sat down (laughs) to write the notes for this episode. It's so cute. Um, But before we dive in, I just want to let you know this episode is airing on Tuesday, June 23rd, and we actually have our free narrative writing training coming up on Thursday, June 25th. We have another one on Friday, June 26th, and then June 28th and 29th for you to choose from. They're all the same, but we have four different dates for you. And we're going to be talking about three game-changing strategies for teaching narrative writing. We're very excited about this. You're going to see visuals and really how we can set you up for success throughout the school year, whether or not you are back in the classroom or you're still doing distance learning or you're doing a mixture of both remains to be seen. Um, We're going to make sure that you are ready to go for narratives next school year. So to sign up, go to ebacademics.com forward slash narrative training pick your date, come join us in the Facebook group, um, and just really kind of get this excitement going around narrative writing and make sure that you are all set up for the year. So with that being said, let's jump into the episode and talk about pumpkins and writing and the connection between the two. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. So everyone, this, the idea for this podcast episode came to me as I was walking around my neighborhood, right? Like that's what I've been doing a lot of during shelter in place, taking my kids out for walks. And it drives me nuts, but I've been noticing there are still a few houses up that still have their pumpkins out from Halloween. Do you ever see that, Caitlin? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like the strangest thing. Right. And this is not just unusual for this year. I feel like I always notice this year after year in like February, I start going, hmm, they still have pumpkins up March, April, May. And here we are like, literally there's a house, maybe six up for me. And it's May 17th when we're recording this episode. And their pumpkin is prominently displayed on their doorstep. And again, it drives me crazy. And I always think, well, like at this point, you might as well leave it up till next Halloween, right? Totally. Or, and I don't know how they don't go away. bad. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure it's like disgusting <laughs> under there. It's a whole different story. But again, a pet peeve of mine, pumpkins out in the spring. But without fail, like when I see those pumpkins, of course, it gets me thinking about the fall and, you know, back to school time and pumpkin picking family. But whenever I think about the fall, then I think about, well, what do they teach at the beginning of the school year? Right. And I know you and I differ a little bit on this, but the very first unit I would do with my students was a deep dive into narrative writing. And I know you started with literary analysis, yes. but then immediately yeah. switched to narrative yeah. writing. And right? I think it's probably because of the grade levels. Right. Yeah. Yes. I was fifth, you were eighth. Yeah. But I think both of us would agree that like narrative writing was a staple in our September curriculum Mm -hmm. at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's key for teachers to consider teaching narrative writing at the beginning of the year, right? It's a really great way to set the foundation in your classroom, give students a quick win with like a shorter type of writing unit where you teach them all the important skills for narrative writing, the leads, the transitions, the strong vocabulary, the endings, because once they're able to practice that and craft a short narrative piece, they can then apply those skills later on in the year to other narrative pieces. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, Caitlin and I are strong believers in laying that foundation with writing and then spiraling it throughout the year. And if you start narrative writing in the fall, it like naturally lends itself 
to implementing it throughout the holidays the rest of the year. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, how these pumpkins can serve as a reminder for when you can structure and schedule your narrative writing throughout the year. Yeah. So we really want to give you like just a conceptual overview of what this could look like in your classroom, because I, I can understand how, you know, you're listening and maybe right now you do teach writing compartmentalized. You teach narratives for quarter one, you teach persuasive writing quarter two, expository quarter three, or however you set it up. And they're very much, you know, chunks of units that are independent of each other. And we feel strongly that you shouldn't be doing it that way, that you should be teaching these skills consistently on um, a continuous basis throughout the school year. So students are seeing those skills over and over and over again. You know, we've talked about this and relating it to sports. You know, you're not just going to practice dribbling once. You're going to practice it every single day you come to practice. It's that same concept. And so we want to show you really what this could look like for you. So it's not this daunting, well, these girls are saying I should be including narratives all throughout my school year. What does that even mean? I don't even know what that looks like. I don't have time for it. Right. I'm not going to do it. You know, in theory, that sounds great, but in practice, that's not going to work. We're here to tell you that it does work and it works really, really well. And so we want to break that down for you so you can start to kind of figure out where you're going to maybe plug things into your school year and your curriculum to incorporate narrative writing throughout the year. Right. So let's assume you, you buy into this. You're like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. What we're recommending is that sometime in August or September, you do, you know, a substantial narrative writing unit. You lay the foundation. Okay. Your students produce a, a final narrative piece. You have your publishing party. We've shared some ideas for those on the podcast. And then you move into your next unit, whatever that is. If it's a novel you're reading or a short story unit or a different type of writing you're going to focus on. Great. But then about maybe a month, a month and a half goes by and it's, I want to interrupt really Yeah, fast. go for it. <laughs> so the deep dive at the beginning of the year, we're talking about like a three week unit. So I just want to give you like a, a time period that you can start to think mm -hmm. about. Like it's three weeks. You're not going to spend two months at the beginning of the year teaching narratives that drag on forever. And we actually teach you exactly how to do that in our How to Teach Narrative Writing course. We give you the three week scope and sequence, you know, exactly what day you need to teach teach what, you know, how you move on to the next thing and how everything layers on top of each other so that you're not sitting there in week seven, Ugh. you know, doing another peer editing of these narratives that have just become a disaster because you've spent way too much time on them. Good so I just want to show you like, it's a short period of time, but it's in depth and it is that deep dive for like three weeks at the very beginning in August or September. And then we move into Halloween. And that was the point that I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Right. So you've done your three weeks, you've moved on to whatever new topic you're going to teach, whichever novel, short story, whatever, like I was saying. And now, yeah, it's Halloween time. And so this is the perfect time to tie in another narrative piece because you've already done your, your deep dive. You don't need to do this extensive unit on narrative writing. You can tie it into whatever you're doing. So here's an example of something we've done in the past. This was with our AB teachers club members. Um, so Halloween was approaching and we did a narrative writing unit for them and it was haunted house descriptions. So students had to pretend they were selling a haunted house and they had to describe it. And so they practiced all the key narrative skills they had been taught earlier in the year, leads, transitions. There was even some dialogue involved because there was a component to the writing where you had to pretend you were interested in that house and you'd purchased it and you were going to go spend the night in that house. <laughs> so you kind of got to tell a spooky story. So it was a super 
fun lesson, but still reviewing those strategies that you yeah. taught earlier. And in the year. we had like a key focus for that. So yes, mm-hmm. they're working on leads and transitions and dialogue, but the key focus was on descriptive details. Yeah. So it's like through each of the new um, narrative, like mini units, essentially, I guess that you would be doing over the year, you could call them. Um, we pick like a, a main focus, like that's what we really want students to hone in on while they're practicing all of those other skills, but the descriptive details for that one was the key. And it lent itself perfectly to that specific activity because they were describing their, this haunted house for sale. It was such a freaking cute activity. Like yeah, that was, was one of my favorite things that we've ever created for you as club members. So cute. And to give you an idea, that was probably like a three day yes. activity yeah. for students. So it was mm-hmm. not a huge chunk of your time by any means. Yeah. So let's say you do that, right? You now do a little mini narrative unit around Halloween. You go back to your regularly scheduled curriculum. You continue doing whatever literature you need to cover, whatever grammar, et cetera. You work on that for a little bit, and now another month, month and a half goes by, and you're in the holiday season, right? So this is another great time to tie in narrative writing. So something you can try this time of year, and this is something I did with my students many, many times. We actually talked about it in episode 64 of the podcast, but um, I use the book Up North at the Cabin. It's a wonderful, wonderful book to teach narratives as a mentor text. And even though this book takes place in the summer and it's about a child going to visit her grandparents' home at the lake, I would use it in December many times and my students would write narratives about a special spot they would go to for the holidays, whether that was far away or if it was you know, down the street at an aunt and uncle's house but they would follow the format in that story and they would write their own. Again, a very short narrative activity, two days, maybe three days if I extended it and did some other like creative extension activities with it. But check out that book, Up North at the Cabin in episode 64. It's a great activity to do around the holidays. Yeah, and episode 64 walks you through like exactly how to set it up. Jessica Mm -hmm. talks to you, you know, how she used it in her classroom with her kids step-by-step so you could do the same exact thing. Um, So then, you know, the same concept comes into play. Continue on with your ELA curriculum, you know, a couple more months go by and then we get into Valentine's Day. And this is a great time to tie narrative writing into whatever short story, novel, or poem you're reading. So I know for me, we're always doing Romeo and Juliet around Valentine's Day. So I would have students do, you know, a short narrative piece that's actually more like a love letter, but we're still using a lot of those narrative writing techniques from Romeo to Juliet or Juliet to Romeo using textual evidence. So I'm actually in that way, tying in narratives and literary analysis and a bunch of different writing skills into a singular activity that takes a day or two in my classroom. So think about, you know, what pieces are you teaching around Valentine's Day that you could just easily incorporate some little narrative writing assignment for kids. And I love that because it, again, it doesn't have to be this like full-blown narrative of like, my eighth birthday and, you know, a special event that happened or those random things kids write about, but you're really making it focused to the, for the literature that you're studying. So I love that tie-in. Yeah. So, okay. So you do something around Valentine's with narratives. Again, you continue teaching your ELA curriculum for a bit longer, and then it's approaching the end of the year. Another great time to tie in narrative writing. It's kind of hold, hard to hold on to students' attention at the end of the year, right? So we really got to engage them and keep them working with structured, rigorous work until that final day of school. So narratives are perfect. So what we like to do, and again, we've, I think mentioned this on the podcast is we like to read the short story, the end of something by Ernest Hemingway with our students. And it's 
about like the end of this teenage relationship. So they're totally <laughs> into the drama and they're like, you know, they want to discuss, totally. they want to do all the activities. <laughs> that's, that's fun stuff when you're 13, 14. Yeah. Even my fifth grader is like, oh yeah, I taught it with them. <laughs> oh, mine too. Actually, I did it in fifth grade as well. They loved yeah, it. They were so mad at Nick. <laughs> right? They do not like him. No. Um, that's funny. So we read that short story. We do a ton of like literary analysis stuff with it and textual evidence work, but then we tie in narratives again. So just like Caitlin said earlier with Romeo and Juliet, you're tying in other standards as well. But what we have our kids do is write their own end of something and they get to pick the topic, the end of whatever they want. I had a student once write the end of the world as we know it. It was like this really dark story, (laughs) right? And then there were some other really silly ones too. Yeah. They write their, their narratives. Again, we focus on, in this case, endings. Those mm-hmm. are the, you know, the mm-hmm. key. And then we compile them into an anthology and all the students get access to their narratives. And it's just a really fun way to end the year. But it, it spiraled back to that foundation we did at the beginning of the year with narratives and they're still applying those skills. Yeah. So it's, it's a good one. Totally. And I, hopefully that gave, gives you an idea of like, okay, what does this really look like? Um, and so what we highly encourage you to do to really start to figure out how are you going to set this up for your class for the year? How are you going to do the spiraling, these intervals of using narratives throughout the school year? Um, we really suggest doing batch lesson planning. I mean, that is key. We highly encourage it. If you haven't listened to episode number 62, definitely go check that one out. We'll include the link to that one. And I think episode 64, for you as well, where Jessica talks um, about her book up north at the cabin that she uses. And so this is going to be like summertime, you know, the perfect time to start thinking about batch, batch lesson planning. Even if it's something as simple as, you know, you have a calendar in front of you and you're just writing down like, okay, in October around this time, I might take three days to do a little narrative writing thing. Just Mm -hmm. pencil that in so that you have it in your mind when you go to go back into the classroom. All right, this is what it's going to look like for me. This is how it's actually going to work in practice in my classroom. And I have to say, Caitlin, have you noticed we've been getting a lot more emails lately or messages about teachers who are trying batch planning. Totally. Like, I'm in like, yes, give me some more steps or what can I do? And they're trying it. And I just love that because it's going to make such a difference. Oh, in your makes year. life so much easier. Totally. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to just remind you to sign up for our free narrative writing training called three game changing strategies for teaching narratives. Uh, the first one is on Thursday. So two days from now, when this episode airs, go to evacademics.com forward slash narrative training. Pick your date and time. I will see you live there. I am so excited to talk more in depth about narratives on this live training and really get you set up for success for the school year. So we will see you next week on the podcast talking about literary analysis now, right? We're moving, Mm -hmm. we're switching gears into literary analysis. I'm my favorite thing. I'm so absolutely. I was just going to say, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like true teachers, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Hopefully we'll see you at the live training. If not, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Have a great week, you guys. Bye, everybody.